Okay, so as Cookie said, we are continuing our theme on discipline to delight. And this morning, I am talking on praying together. And my prayer for us is that we'll see the importance of us being together and the importance and power prayer has in that It wasn't too long ago where some of us in the office had gone through the normal thing where we get up for lunch, we went to cross to Tesco for our meal deal, but was a little bit shocked when overnight Tesco had had a bit of a revamp and they had got the self-service checkouts in. And I was faced with a little bit of a dilemma. Do I go to the normal till where I usually had a bit of a chat with the staff, getting to know them a little bit because Tesco is our local here. Um, So going there and having a bit of chat with them or do I go to the self-service checkouts? I did follow the guys that I was with and we went to the self-checkouts thinking it would be quicker. On Monday as well, I asked my little girl what she wanted for lunch. She starts reception in September and I don't have many Mondays left with her of me and her. So I said, what do you want for lunch? And she said, chicken. And so we went to KFC. We went in and I was faced again with the self-service um, screens and I went to one thinking it would be quicker, put in the order for her and it came up with a technical problem. So I moved on to the next screen, tried that and again came up with a technical problem. So I went and I queued in the till, spoke to the person at the till and she said, oh, the um, internet is down, can I take your order? So I ordered um, my little girl's food, she had her her chicken and corn on the cob and was very happy about that. Please, if you know my boys, don't tell them because I will not hear the end of my little girl having KFC without them. When I was younger and growing up, I don't remember uh, seeing the word self a lot as I was going about the places, going shopping or things. But now I feel like we see it quite often in everyday life, that society and our worlds are set up for less interaction with one another and more about ourselves. But I wonder, is this how we were created to be? And can this cause a negative effect on our lives? There was a group of researchers and they conducted a computer analysis of three decades of hit songs And they found a decrease in the word usage of we and us and an increase in words I and me. They also reported a decline in words relating to social connection and positive emotions and an increase in words relating to anger. I believe we were designed for connection and to be together. That doesn't mean it's always easy but I believe it's worth it. It says in Genesis 2 verse 18 that it's not good for us to be alone. It says in Genesis 1 verse 27 how God created humankind in his image, male and female, he created them. In Genesis 1 28, it says how we are called to fill the earth. When we are looking at our design, I believe the beginning is a great place to start. And from what I've mentioned from Genesis there, I put to you that we are designed for connection and that we are designed to fill the earth with with God's image as his image bearers. 
I believe we become more effective image bearers when we do that through relationships with one another. I'll say that again. I believe that we are designed for connection and we are designed to fill the earth with God's image as his image bearers. I believe we become more effective image bearers through relationships with one another. For the sake of this message of praying together, I am describing our relationships and connection as the word togetherness. And there's two places in the Bible where I think we can learn a lot about togetherness and what to do or what not to do. So first, starting at the Tower of Babel, and we can find this in Genesis 11, verse 1 to 9. And it says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward and found a plain in Shinar and settled there, they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from all over the earth and stopped building the city. And they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. When it, came, when it comes to the Tower of Babel, I see some mistakes that they made. And the first thing is, is they wanted to make a name for themselves. We see that in verse 4. They were focusing on themselves and wanting to make their name known. And in a world that's driving us to make our name, our name known, to make a name for ourselves, to be extraordinary and to be known, the pressure that can be on children to be superstars and to um, excel and for their names to be known. We see that in social media and everything that's out there. There can be this pressure for us to make a name for ourselves. When really, I believe we're here not to make our name known, but to make God's name known, to be his image bearers. The second thing that they did is they didn't take God's promises seriously. The materials used for the Tower of Babel were hard, durable and waterproof to make a lasting structure. Noah used the same material when it came to building the ark, waterproofing the ark, and Moses' mother, when it came to waterproofing the basket for Moses, used the same material. Josephus, an ancient historian, said that the tower that they built was so high that the waters couldn't reach them, and they were doing this in their anger towards God. This is thinking about Noah and the flood. And it could be said that with the building of the Tower of Babel was that they didn't trust God at his word when he said, never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. The tower was an aim to keep them safe from any possible floods. 
One commentator writes, it can be seen as a statement of self versus God. And as I mentioned, I wonder if we are seeing in the world today a focus so much on self that we aren't leaving any space for God in our lives, or even worse, that that could be leading to a rebellion against God. And this leads me to my third point on the Tower of Babel, that they were doing the opposite of what God had asked of them. As I said, that they were asked to go and fill the earth as image bearers, as God's image bearers, to be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. But actually the Tower of Babel was them doing the, the, the complete opposite. That they saw that they were going to be dispersed, but actually they were, they were building their tower. They were going against God's design and what God had planned for them. The people weren't successful in that because it never quite works out well when we go against God and what he's asking of us. But God is a gracious God and he never, ever, ever gave up on humanity. He doesn't give up on us. And we can see that in the person and work of Christ. That through Jesus' death and resurrection, that through him humbling himself to the point of death, that God was able and did reconcile us to himself. How incredible is that? Sometimes I don't think our heads can fully comprehend that. That God would reconcile himself to us. You know, it says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Our God is incredible, the God of second chances. And we see that after Jesus' resurrection, we find this incredible moment that is in total contrast to the Tower of Babel, and that is Pentecost. Jordan spoke on Pentecost a few weeks ago, and he told us and reminded us that the apostles, that Jesus had said to them that there was a need for the Holy Spirit in their lives so that they could go and live out the purpose to be his witnesses across the whole world to Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria. Does that ring any resemblance to what was being asked in Genesis of being image bearers? That actually the the apostles were now being called to go out and be Jesus' witnesses across the whole world. And we see in the Pentecost that they were all together in one place, And suddenly a sound like a blowing wind came from heaven. I would have loved to be there just imagining this scene. And the whole house were filled with tongues of fire resting on their heads. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they started to speak in other tongues. Those that had come to Jerusalem at that time heard their own language being spoken. And we see this point where then Peter, with a boldness, addresses the crowd in telling them about Jesus. We see a contrast of what's happening at the Tower of Babel and Pentecost. And we see at Pentecost that they weren't focused on making their names known, but about making Jesus' name known. That it was all about Jesus' name being known. 
They also saw that where Jesus had promised them the Holy Spirit, they saw that promise come to pass. That actually they were able to live in the promises of God. And it was a case for them that they weren't monitoring on self, but they were monitoring in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, it helped them to then go and be Jesus' witnesses across the whole world. Can you see the contrasts in the accounts? And we see in Acts 2 verse 42 to 43 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This really is one of my favourite scriptures when it comes to togetherness because it gives me hope of what we can be as a church community. That when we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship of breaking bread and to prayer, that God does incredible things. You know, being together isn't always easy. We are all human. I am human. We all make mistakes. We can all frustrate one another. We can all get hurt. It can be difficult, but it's well worth it, us having a strong togetherness so we can live out what God is asking us to do. And I wonder this morning, and I know I'm bringing a challenging message. I know that. I can see. But I want us to be bold enough this morning to ask ourselves some questions. Questions like, what is the purpose of our togetherness? Is it to make our names known or to make Jesus' name known? Has our togetherness become about ourselves and what we can get or is it about Jesus? Are we trusting the promises of God or are we trying to do it alone? Are we truly being his image bearers, his witnesses to those we meet? In our togetherness, I think it's important we acknowledge that the purpose of our togetherness is to make God's name known and to strengthen our trust in him so we can go on to be his witnesses, his image bearers across the whole world. I'll say that again, that the purpose of our togetherness is to make God's name known and to strengthen our trust in him so we can go on to be his image bearers, his witnesses across the whole world. So what place does prayer have in all of this? As I said, we read in Acts, 4, verse, Acts 2 verse 42 how the uh, apostles and the early church, they devoted themselves to prayer. And I encourage you to read the story of Acts and see how there's this thread of how prayer was so important to the early church. They prayed constantly. And I think there's some things we can learn about that and what the importance of prayer is. One is, is that it helps us to acknowledge our need for God. It helps us to acknowledge our need for God. Prayer shows that we are acknowledging that we can't do this alone and that we really, really need God, that it's all about him. And it could be said that if we're not a praying church, it's as if we're saying, God, we don't need you. 
Prayer is so important for us. When we pray together, it brings prayer into our relationships. It brings prayer into our marriages, to our families, to our friendships. And there's me and one of my friends and we um, started doing prayer walks together where we went around the local area of here at the church and praying together. And what I noticed is that in our day-to-day conversations, we were talking a lot more about God. We were talking about our need for God. We were talking about the promises God had given us and able to encourage and build one another up. Because in that time of prayer, it was us constantly acknowledging in our hearts that we needed God, that we can't do this alone. When we pray together, it makes us accessible to one another as well. You know, today, as I said, in society, we can have this um, where we're so focused on being extraordinary and making a name for ourselves that that can drive us to focus on self when actually maybe what we need is a boldness to be vulnerable with one another. And doing that, can, like praying together, can be that time where we're really vulnerable together to ask somebody and say, do you know what, I really need prayer for, that, for this. That's a really vulnerable thing to do, but I believe it will unlock something for us as a church when we can do that for one another. I think about in a time in my life when I were really struggling and I remember that I probably was very, became very much about me and in self-protection mode. And probably the person who got the brunt of that was Aaron. But something in locked one night when I just said to Aaron, I really need you to pray for me. And I explained where I was up to and we prayed together and something in locked and was a journey of great breakthrough because there was that vulnerability of saying, please just pray with me. So do you know what? We make ourselves accessible together when we pr- to each other when we pray together. And also, it helps us achieve what God is asking us to achieve. We've been given a great vision statement here. That we are a light on the hill transforming our communities one person at a time. And a part of that vision that we're in the moment in this time is to see the life centre being built as well. You know, for us to do that, we can't do it without God. We need to be praying. We need to be praying, asking God to to help us, to provide for us, to do everything that's needed for us to achieve the vision that God has given us. And when we join in prayer together in agreement in this, it brings focus and power to our prayers. I once heard about an analogy of um, when you have a hose pipe and it's on sprinkler, the water goes out and you get drops here, drops there, all over, but it doesn't necessarily have a lot of power. But as soon as you turn that hose pipe onto jets, there's power in that water. And if anyone's ever had the hose pipe on jet, whole flowers can come out, the grass can turn, they can, um, it has so much power in the hose pipe. We found that out the other um, week at my mum and dad's where my mum made the mistake of giving my children their hose pipe. And it was on sprinkler mode to start off, just nicely watering the plants. But as soon as it turned to jets, on the back fence of their garden, it sounded like the fence was going to collapse and go in. My dad's face, he wasn't too impressed about that and said, Denise, what have you done? 
in there, there's power when we focus as a church, focus our prayers and focus together so that we can achieve the vision that God has given us. And so there's power in us praying together. It brings unity and where there's unity, there is blessing. I was at Life Group the other week and someone reminded me about when, um, this was many, many years ago, that there was a member of our church family who was really, really sick and there was an, it was seen as if there was not much that could be done. And we got a message in the church meeting saying about how sick um, this individual was and the whole church like focused their prayers and prayed for this person. It was such a powerful time. I was only young and everyone was praying for this person and we saw a miracle as a church. You know, when we come together and focus our prayers, there is power in that and I believe we will see miracles take place. Miracles to the point that when people ask, how did that happen? We say it's only because of the name of Jesus. Because we're here to make Jesus' name known. Not our name, Jesus' name known. I'm excited, I'm excited church for where that time is coming. There are many ways that we can do this. We can bring it into our everyday. Wherever we are, we can text one another. We can have prayer partners where we join together going on prayer walks. There are so many different ways that we can do this. Praying as families together. You know, it doesn't have to be something that is really... um, I struggled with this for a time where I felt like I needed to really work out, set times with my family and feeling, I'm children's pastor, I've got to have this all together with my family. But actually we saw something, a real breakthrough for us as a family when we just brought it into our everyday life. Things that we were doing, we just said, let's pray about that. As we drive past the school that the children go to, we say, let's pray for the school. Let's just bring it into our everyday when we're together. When we're out in the coffee shop together, let's pray for one another. Let's let our first response be, let's pray. There was a special moment the other um, week that I was like, this is what it's about. This is what it's about, us praying together. Was when um, my son had been to kids' church for the first service and then had asked to stay in for the second. And some of you may have seen this happen. I have asked him for permission to share this. And he passed out. So fully went, passed out. He looked green. It wasn't, it was a bit of a scary moment. I picked him up, took him into the coffee shop and he sat there um, still looking a bit phased with his, like, he just didn't look great. And Julie came over, one of our amazing uh, family members here at the church, came over and was just chatting to me. And she saw that Keaton wasn't quite right, my son. And she said, uh, I, I, like, he's okay. And I explained what had happened. And her first response was, Keaton, can I pray for you? And she got beside him, knelt down and prayed with him. And I was like, this is what it's about. Yeah. Us as a church family just praying together and I was thankful that my son experienced that, that actually us as a church family, our first response is going to be, let's pray. It was such a special moment. 
And lastly, when it comes for us to have times of prayer together as a church, let's make every effort to be here. Let's make every effort as a church to say, do you know what? We need prayer because we need God. And there's power when we all come together and we focus our prayers and say, do you know what? God has given this incredible vision, but we can only do this by the power of God. So when there's times for us as a church family to come together and pray together, I urge you, let's make every effort to be there. Our prayer meetings as a church growing up from being a little girl here at church have been some of the most special times for me because I have seen God move. I have seen miracles take place. So I urge you, don't miss out. Don't miss out on being there. I'm excited, church. I'm excited because I feel if we can really grasp this, the importance of our togetherness and the power of prayer in that, that actually there will be a shift for us as a church. And where we've been singing about it's a house of miracles, that that's not just going to be nice words, but that's going to be reality for us as a church family. The house of miracles, that this place is going to be a house of miracles when we come together and acknowledge our need for God. Some of these things that I've been sharing are a little bit like a later response. So you're going to have to go away and think about how you're going to act upon it. But right now I feel there's a response for us as a church. And I'd ask you all to stand with me if you're able. That actually right now there's a moment for our hearts to focus on why we're here and that's to make Jesus' name known. That it's all about him. And I ask you to raise your voices right now and start praying, just lifting up the name of Jesus in this place. Yeah, dear Jesus, you are the name above all names. You are the name above all names. You are the good shepherd, Jesus. And we pray that we would follow you all the days of our lives, Jesus. Your name to be known in Bolton and beyond. Lift up our prayers, church. Let our voices be heard on how great the name of Jesus is. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. It doesn't say in our name, it says in his name. For where two or three gather in my name, gather in the name of Jesus, there I am with them. Let's worship together.